0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I love to dance. At Planet Shakers, you have to dance. I mean, we we are the dancing. We, we call the uh, pogo stick dancing church because uh, I'm one of the singers on the team and. Uh, you just do this the whole time. It's so good fitness. Like when we used to go on tour in America, the food there is just ugh. and And um, we'd eat, you know, the portions are like massive. But I would lose weight on tours because of my exercise regime. Because twice a day, I'm just doing that for about 45 minutes. It's awesome. So dancing is good. Good for fitness. Has anyone done Zumba? I so want to do that. I haven't done it. I think it'd be really good. Huh. Well, I'm just having so much fun. I was just chatting out there and chatting in here. And who wants to do a message? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> well, I really thought this is going to be a little bit different today. But I really, um, this is my last session. And I thank you, girls. You've just been so honoring and so responsive and so lovely. It's, I feel very welcomed and um, accepted. So thanks. But I just really believe that, uh, you know, God wants to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. And um, as women, sometimes we feel quite ordinary, and uh, but we shouldn't. And God's made everyone unique and extraordinary. And it's tapping into the extraordinary. Because um, each one of us are extraordinary. We just don't know it yet. And um, And I just know that The Holy Spirit is the key person to tap into for you to be extraordinary. It's not in the talents that you possess. It's not in the education, the degree, the, the background that you come from that makes you extraordinary. It's in the person of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we leave him out as just this force and this blessing of this prayerful language that we have. And that's it. But I want to show you today that the person of the Holy Spirit will empower you to speak like you've never spoken before with boldness and power. You see, in Acts 1.8, it said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and all the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus promised us because he said, it's better that I go. Better for me that I go because I'm in this limited case of a body and I can only reach a certain number of people. So it's better if I go and I, my Father's going to send you the one that's been promised that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit going to baptize you with power and you're going to do greater things than I've done on this earth. I mean, can you believe that? And you see, I've made a decision to believe everything that is in this word. I don't just pick and choose what relates to me for this season. I choose to believe if the Bible says it, it has to be true because this is the inspired word of God. It's not just a great philosophical book that was written many thousands of years ago. This is a book that came direct from the heart of God to teach us how to be, to teach us how to live. I will not learn from Oprah how to be a good person. I will not learn from Dr. Phil how to get counseling. I will not take the world's philosophy on how to be extraordinary. I'm going to take it from the author of life, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Trinity, the triune God. That's extraordinary. We serve a God that has facets, that is male and female, that's got intricacies like you've never known before. Our finite minds cannot contain, cannot actually understand the limitlessness of God. So we are extraordinary because if we are His daughters, we're extraordinary. You don't see the royal family walking around like paupers. You don't see them going, oh, I don't know if I can have that. Don't know if I can go there. I don't think I've got access there. They've got access all areas because of who they are and what they're um, related to yet we are related to a kingdom that is so great and we are royalty, yet most of us don't understand who we are. We think we're just ordinary because it's like me. I came from the Western suburbs. I was daughter of Carmen and Lena Cicchiello, migrants from Italy. Ordinary as ordinary. My father was a tree lopper and landscaper. He had his own little business. He did well for himself. My mum was a housewife and a chef ordinary, yet I'm not living an ordinary life. I'm extraordinary. And I make no apologies in saying that because I'm just saying what the Bible says about me. You are extraordinary. But do you believe that you're extraordinary? And the only way that I learned how extraordinary I really was is when I tapped into the person of the Holy Spirit. And I love him. He is my comfort. He is my advocate. He is my best friend. He is my everything that I need. It's been the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit like I'm talking to you guys right now. Hey, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do about that? Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you feel about that? Oh, Holy Spirit, help me here. Holy Spirit, give me a word of knowledge here. Holy Spirit, I'm constantly talking to the Holy Spirit. He is my best friend. That's what the Bible says. He lives inside of me. He gives me what I need. I don't just think about Him when I'm in church. I don't just think about Him when I'm praying in tongues. I don't just think about Him momentarily. He walks with me. He holds me. He comes comforts me. He's my husband when my husband's not around. He's my father now because my, fa- my natural father is in heaven. He is everything I need. He is the reason why I am bold and strong and confident. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that makes me extraordinary. You see, I got saved when I was 11 years of age. And I went to um, a Catholic private school. And because uh, back in those days, we didn't really have a lot of Christian schools back then. And my parents liked private education. So they were like, well, we were Catholics once and that was pretty good. So you're going to go to a Catholic private school. And um, so there I was. And, you know, something impacted me about the people that, that were teaching me were my nuns and my the priests. And I loved them. You know, I'd go into the convent and I would just feel so close to the Lord because these women had sold out their lives and they loved the Lord with all their heart. And I remember I grew up in a little Italian church and it was great. It was fine. You know, like for a kid, I just loved the children's church part of it. I had good friends and, but I'd never actually learned what it meant to be saved. Isn't that funny? I went to church for 11 years and I didn't know you had to invite Jesus Christ into your heart to um, be saved. I just thought, My parents are Christians. I go to church. I must be a Christian. Such a lie, you know. I had to find Jesus for myself. So I went to another church for a visit. My friend invited me and something happened that night and I got saved. I was 11 years of age. Now, I hadn't done any bad things. I hadn't stolen. I hadn't, um, you know, taken drugs. I hadn't done anything bad. I just probably had attitudes like every other 10-year-old and 11-year-old um i had insecurities fears whatever but here i was at 11 accepting jesus for the first time and my life changed it was like yeah i felt the weight of sin lift off my shoulders the following week i was at my my little italian church and i remember the pastor just talking about the holy spirit and oh something happened inside of me and he said would anyone like the baptism of the holy spirit Well, me and my friend, we put our hands up, right up like this, and we ran to the altar. The pastor didn't actually know what to do with us because nothing had ever happened like that. But I was so hungry for the things of God that I just stood there like this. You know, imagine two 11-year-old, and I think Nadia was, what, 13 or something, 12, 13. And we're both standing like this. And honestly, the pastor didn't even lay hands on me, but I began to speak in tongues. I began to speak in this unknown language. That's why when anytime I doubted God, I knew God was real because, you see, no one manufactured that. I mean, I was an 11-year-old kid that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I am telling you, from that moment on, something switched on in my life and I became extraordinary. Monday morning, I was at school and I became this on fire evangelist for the kingdom of God. I was preaching and teaching and talking and sharing, even to the point that every Friday we would have to do confession before we went to mass. It was just the ritual of the school curriculum. And we would have to go and confess our sins to Father Liversey wonder if he's still alive. He's very was very old back then. Anyway, so, you know, he was. He would sit in our little confessional box and, you know, we'd have to say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And then we'd have to list, you know, like I punched my brother yesterday and I stole the cookie from the jar when mum told me not to have more than one. And, you know, I didn't know. I used to just make them up. I thought, I don't know. And so I would just sit there. But this particular Friday, something had shifted. I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd had this thing unlocked inside of me. And I went to confession. And I, Father Leversey proceeds to do the whole thing. And I said, stop, Father Leversey. I don't need to confess to you anymore. And you should have seen his face. I beg your pardon. I said, I don't need to confess to you anymore. I said, I've met Jesus. I invited Him into my heart a couple of weeks ago, but something great happened. I was filled with the Holy Spirit last Sunday. And oh my goodness, you see, the Bible says that I can now enter into His throne room with boldness. I don't need a mediator anymore. I can go to Him and I can just approach Him like a daughter. So I don't need to confess my sin to you because my sin is done and dusted. And if I fail and if I mess up, guess what? I just have to say sorry and it's done. Well, ring, ring, ring. Mr. and Mrs. Chiquillo, could you come down to the school? We need to talk to you. And I was banned from confession for the rest of my life. I was deemed the hero of the school. Because everyone else had to go to confession. But, you know, there were times where we would do this meditation. You know, they were teaching us to, you know, focus on our inner being and doing all these things in health class and there I was, excuse me, sister, I, I don't think I can participate in this class. Well, what, why not, Alex? Well, I meditate on the Word of God. That That's what I've been taught. I don't need to meditate with, you know, water rustling and leaves under that. They said, what's that going to do? I said, I, I, I need to listen to the Word of God. Well, ring, ring, ring. Mr. and Mrs. Chiquillo, could you come down to the school? I mean, I was, I was noted as a rebellious child. And so here I was sitting outside of meditation class for that term. But you see, that year we had a student teacher in our class and she would have been, I don't even know how old they are these days and they do student teachers. See, back then I just thought she was really old. She was probably 22 or something. And, um, And I remember at recess and lunch, I would sit with her and I would tell her of the things of God. Because I would watch her go to her car to have a little cigarette. And so I would walk over and I would go, let me tell you about Jesus. He's changed my life. And honestly, there was something flicked on inside of me to the point where I said, you need to come to my youth group. It is awesome. Saturday nights, Paradise Community Church. My pastor, Pastor Danny Guglielmucci, he is awesome. You need to come. I said, but the only thing is I can't drive, so you're going to have to pick me up. (laughs) So there she was picking me up Saturday night, going to church. And then I'm at my friend's party, her 12th birthday. See, it didn't end. It wasn't just one week. It wasn't just a moment. It wasn't just a phase. So I'm at my, my best friend Angelina's um, ha- house for her 12th birthday. And the party's going on. It's awesome. I'm, I'm a kid. I'm enjoying the cake and the party and the games. But everyone goes home. And Ange and I just begin to just look at her presence in her room. We're hanging out. And I say, Ange, you know what would be awesome? To have Jesus in your heart on your 12th birthday. Wouldn't that be great? And I start telling her about Jesus. And so right there on her floor, we commit her life to the Lord and she finds Jesus. And you know what the good news is, is that I'm now 37 and my 12-year-old friend, is now working on staff with me at Planet Shaker City Church. She's the Dean of our Bible College. She's the regional pastor. She's married an awesome guy and I adore her. You see, this wasn't just fruit like, oh, you need to come to my church. I was depositing life. I was doing what we were called to do. I was telling people about what Jesus had done in my life and it matched up because they would see me and they would go, well, this must be real. It didn't stop the there I saw family members saved. I had one of my cousins who was really troubled and had a really, really horrible childhood and you know there would be days where we would sleep over each other 's house and she would be um, riddled with night terrors she just couldn 't sleep so There was just a real demonic presence on her life and there would be times where I would just lay my hands on her and I'd go, let me pray over you in the spirit. And I would begin to speak in tongues and she would go, I just feel the peace of God. Keep praying, keep praying. I don't know what it is, but just keep praying. You see, I didn't just go, oh, let's call mum and let's switch the light on and you know, have a wheat bag to make you feel better. I I, I ministered the word of the Lord. I ministered the power of the Holy Spirit because as a young girl, I knew if the Bible said it, it had to be true. I would lay hands on people and see them healed. I was activated in my life as a young girl who loved the Lord. And so it became extraordinary. People would uh, hang out with me. Adults would be my friends. I didn't have peer groups friends. All my friends were at least six years older than me. That's extraordinary that they would want me in their lives and that we would have something in common and that we were talking to one another. And I believe God ordained it that way because it helped me mature and it helped me grow and it helped me, you know, really know what I wanted in life. It was amazing. But you see, this is for every, you might go, but that's just your personality. You know, you're a pretty outgoing person. You know, you're you're very bold and, no, 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 no. You've got to understand. I, I don't know if you heard Monday night of what I actually grew up in. That there, were, there were issues. I actually had issues. This is the crazy thing. You can actually be thriving in God and still carry issues. But the thing is, I held on to what the Word of God said, and He wants us extraordinary because He created you like that in the Garden of Eden, and we talked about that last night. But you see, ordinary is just normal, not really exceptional commonplace, of lower rating, of no special quality, somewhat inferior or below average, mediocre. That's what ordinary is. And that's what the enemy wants to keep you as. Mediocre, in the crowd, blended in, nothing special. But extraordinary means out of usual course, specially employed. I love that. Exceptional, surprising, outside the usual order Having a special, often temporary task or responsibility, exceptional in character. I love that. We're on a mission. We are agents for the Holy Spirit. He moves through us. We are the hands and feet of Almighty God. We pray for revival. We pray for souls. We pray for your kingdom come. And he goes, okay then. Off you go. And we're praying, God send your revival. God send your spirit. Well, how's he gonna activate it? It's through you and I. Being extraordinary. You see, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit while he was here on earth, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit? You see, it gives us boldness and confidence. The enemy wants to keep you shy and timid. The Holy Spirit gives you power, but the enemy wants to keep you weak. The Holy Spirit gives you prophetic insight, but the enemy brings no vision and only regret and introspection. The Holy Spirit gives you a passionate, attractive personality, but the enemy gives you a dull and lifeless personality. You carry what is going on in here. If you're not smiling, then you're not smiling on the inside. There's got to be something about you that's extraordinary and that attracts people to you. I love meeting people that are full of life because there's something extraordinary about them. And let me tell you, every one of you in this room has an extraordinary story. Every one of you has, I remember Oprah going back to her not that we lived by her life but I remember one day she just put the microphone to her crowd she just said everyone has a story and she just started to go and pick people at random no joke when you heard their stories you're like "Flip and heck everyone has a story but what are you doing with that story you see God has given you no matter what whether it's good or bad the ability to be extraordinary in whatever situation that you have. See, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. We forget that he left deity and he became flesh. The reason why he could do things without sin, why he had no sin in his life, not because he was God, but because he was so connected to the Father and the Holy Spirit. He did nothing unless the Spirit asked him to do it. He was so... um, connected to the spirit that he couldn't put a foot out. The only reason we sin is we give place to the lie, like I talked about the other day. And so we sin because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he gave us the power to be born again. He gave us the power to be renewed. So do you realize it's not our sinful nature that causes us to sin anymore? Because he said, once that was gone under burial and you rose again, as I rose again, you are now no longer sinful. So it says it in 2 Peter, it's like, why do you keep on sinning? Have I not done it for you? So you're buying into the lie that, oh, that's my old nature. But the Holy Spirit came to enable Jesus to do everything in His strength, not His own. That's why He's without sin. So we can actually live this life without sin. We can. And it's, you know, it's a process But you can do it. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything he did was when the Holy Spirit came on him at baptism. He didn't perform miracles, signs and wonders until that day. He went in the wilderness. He passed the tests of God. And then guess what? Filled with the Holy Spirit at baptism. And then he set out to do his ministry. The same thing with the disciples. He said, do not leave Jerusalem here until you're clothed with power from on high. Don't you dare leave this place until you've got the Holy Spirit because you cannot do it in your own strength. You cannot do this life of extraordinary in this limited body. You need the supernatural power of God. And if you get a hold of who this is, he is not some dove that flies around. He is a person. He is real. He was present at creation. He was present when you were created and formed. He was present the day that you gave your life to Christ because his job is to reveal Jesus. He is a man, a person, and he wants to live inside of you and dwell and move and have be in your being. He doesn't just want to be this outside force. And that's what makes you extraordinary. You see, if we look at Peter... I love Peter. He's not like my favorite disciple out of the whole lot because I feel like Peter. I feel like I have just said the most stupid things in time. I think ahead of myself. I think I'm, when I'm being spiritual, I'm right on the money and Jesus is like, can you please be quiet? You've got no idea. You know, I'm that sort of a person where I get really excited and really passionate and God's going, okay, just, just calm down. Let me lead you. But you know, I love Peter and, and we look at his... Um, we look at his life and he messed up quite a few times. And this is Peter who walked with Jesus. He, he saw the miracles. I mean, there's a scripture when he feeds the 5,000. Like, they actually were part of a miracle because it's when they broke bread and started giving it out that it was multiplying. Yet, a couple of chapters later, they're still going, um... Got a lot of people here, Jesus, and we don't know where we're going to get the food. Um, hold on a minute. Didn't you just see two chapters ago? Who knows what the timeline is? We just fed like 5,000 people plus. See how we're just so forgetful? This is the disciples that walked with Jesus and they still got it wrong. You know, they would pray and go, Well, why isn't it that we're, you know, we're praying, nothing's happening? You know, they're in a storm and they're freaking out, and Jesus is asleep. And he's got to get up. Oh gosh, you have little faith. Stop. Okay, I'm going back to bed. You know, that's how it was so natural for him because you see, the elements do not dictate him because he has authority and dominion over the elements. And you see, he came to give us that same authority and power. A few months ago, we had a major storm. Actually, no, sorry, it was last winter. It was such a major storm that We had a meeting that night that we had to cancel that meeting because we we didn't want people to drive in that storm because literally huge, massive trees were just um, falling down on the roads. And I remember thinking, well, we've got to buckle in. I remember my mum was over at the time and I stood in the kitchen and I just went, no, I refuse this storm over my home. I refuse these trees to come down over my home. You will stop and you will not move. And I didn't know Pastor Sam Evans was doing the same thing at her house and she lives up the road. I will not have you. And no joke, our homes, and we live in a real hilly area, our homes were completely protected that night and the storm actually stopped. And at 7.30, we're going... We could have gone to that meeting. But if you'd seen the rest of Melbourne, it was like demolished. And I went, I've got authority. I don't have to listen to what the weather report says. I can do an extraordinary thing. And some of you are going, yeah, yeah, coincidence. It just missed your house. No. You see, that is the killer of faith. That is saying, well, you know, you've just got to accept it's the elements. I have authority over the elements. I had authority when when the doctor said to me, uh, and diagnosed me with hyperprolactinemia, long name, ridiculous disease. It was a, um, yeah, really stupid. Like, honestly, when I tell you, it's almost embarrassing. But um, I developed a tumour on the base of my brain in the pituitary gland. And um, basically, what it would do was tell my body that it was pregnant. So there was no way of my body getting pregnant, because you can't get pregnant when you're pregnant. Does that make sense? yeah. So, and the weird thing is, sorry, boys, for you in the room, is that um, when you are pregnant, you have a prolactin uh, hormone that produces milk for lactating mothers, right? And so I had the prolactin level of high in the 297s when the normal rate, when you're not pregnant, is between 12 and 20. So we're talking major. So I could have probably nursed children at that time which is kind of hilarious. It was good for my bra size back then. But anyway, we won't go there. (laughs) And I was like, this is ridiculous. Every single person in my family has had children. What is wrong with me? And I remember at one point, I could have listened to that and gone, well, I can always adopt. And I can always do whatever. You know, it's, it's cool. And you know what? God, if you don't want me to have kids, I'm really cool with that. And I really was. I came to a place where it was like, well, if you don't want me to have kids, it's fine. It's you'll, you know, it's, you'll, you'll make it work. Henry and I are a family. I don't need anyone else. And I was really cool. But then I got this tenacious thing in me and went, no, you came and you bore every infirmity on, you know, at the cross, by your stripes, I'm healed. And so Henry and I began to believe and we began to believe and we began to believe and it was by the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget it. We're at a Planet Shakers one year and I, um, we had an appeal for healing and I was singing and I just went, stuff the singing. I'm coming down and I'm asking again. And it'd been about a year and a half. And honestly, I was just kept pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. And I, I stood at the altar and, No one special prayed for me. It's not like I had this great word over my life. But I just felt the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit say, it's done. You're healed. And I went, okay. Now, I was taking medication at that time, uh, which was keeping my levels down and just keeping my body regulating as normal. And it was really horrible medication. And um, and to get off it, uh, you know, you have to go through a process of getting a blood test, checking the levels. It's just annoying. And so I took me 3 months to get off this thing cuz it was a big deal like i'd been on it for 2 years and it was just this thing and i but i knew i just knew in my spirit if you said it god it's it's there and I, I took the medica got rid of the medication and um you know i remember being sitting at russell's house for dinner and he just looks at me and he goes as he does with those prophetic eyes and he goes you're you're going to be pregnant by next planet shakers and I, I just start crying and then i go visit a friend in sydney and we're washing dis- dishes together and she just turns to me and she goes you're going to be pregnant really soon. I said, yeah, I really feel that too. And then August in 2002, I felt pregnant and Now, my body is completely fine. And when I go back to the doctors, they're like, Oh, how are you going with that hyperprolactinemia? I'm like, It's gone. It's finished. I don't live with that anymore. You see, that's an extraordinary thing because I tapped into the person of the Holy Spirit and said, Well, if you died so that I don't have to have illness in my life, well, guess what? I'm going to make this a testimony. And now, when I meet people and I um, introduce my children, it's an awesome talking point because I go, They're my miracles they're miracles. I don't have to worry about myself anymore. I'm healed. And so I'm living this extraordinary life in so many areas. In every area, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to come and He wants to empower you. See, Peter denied Christ three times. He was ashamed of the gospel because he was in fear of his life. He didn't know really the fullness yet until he was baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. He became a changed man and he was able to get up on the day of Pentecost and lead 3,000 people in the beginning of that Acts church and it's still going on today strong. You see, Jesus entrusted an ordinary fisherman to be the pioneer of his church. He has got such great things for you and I We just need to tap in to know who this Holy Spirit is. He's not the Holy Spirit. He's Holy Spirit. I want to close with this story of a lady that I met two years ago ago at a conference that I did in New South Wales. I remember meeting her in the green room and she was just this little old lady with, you know, short blonde hair. She was about 65 she is about six. well now she's about 67. <laughs> and she's just beautiful, right? So we're just sitting and she just looked, this, looked like this. Sorry, did I offend people with little old lady? Sorry, my mum's 67, I call her old. <laughs> she's not really though, if you look at her, she's awesome. And my mother-in-law's probably around that age, sorry mum. So, you know, but here she is, this beautiful lady. And we're sitting and talking and she begins to tell me her story. And here's a woman that was the result of a one-night stand back in the 1940s when the sailors came to Australia. And an American sailor had his way with his, her mum but left her, obviously, because off he went to the next port. And Irene was born. Her mum was um, a, a broken woman and had two other relationships after that. And those men abused Irene very badly. And so she was a very broken girl. The mum proceeded to have, I think there was five children in the family. And Irene had to look after these children. And at 15, after brokenness and abuse, her mum dies. And Irene came to the church that day and she says, If I have to look at my mother in a coffin, I'm going to see God and think he's hopeless. Because how would a loving God allow me, a 15-year-old, abused and battered fatherless illegitimate now I have to look after five children she did it on her own in hard times she looked after these children and she grew up then to marry her own husband life seemed to be going okay she had issues she was broken and then they went to Africa one day and they saw you know what was happening in Uganda and they were like this is shocking This is really bad. And it really spoke to Irene. Now, most people just go there. Their hearts kind of moved and they go home and go back to their life. Well, her husband then walked out on her and then she was left alone, desolate. She was a grandmother by this time. She was in her early fifties and she's like far out, but she had an encounter with God earlier on. And God told her that she would be extraordinary, even though her life was so abused and rotten and Just horrible. I mean, if we've suffered one of those things, most of us don't get over it. Yet She's had such tragedy. She feels the Lord say, go to Africa, sell everything that you have, and just go sit under a tree. Now, most of us would go, what sort of thing is that? It's a good thought, but it's not going to happen. She's got grandchildren. She's got children. Who wants to go to Africa and sit under a tree? She wasn't going with a missionary team. She wasn't going with a church backing her. She was just going. She sold up her North, North Shore Sydney home and she flew to Africa. She took a caravan that she had and she had it flown over or boated over or whatever they do. Anyway, she's there in Africa. She hops on a bus in Uganda and she says, just take me to the furthest point that this bus will take me. She goes And she's in Kitcombe. She gets off the bus and she goes and asks the council, she goes, would you give me some land? I mean, we're talking desolate, barren bush land. Under Sudan, which is war-torn, very dangerous territory. And she goes and her caravan arrives and she goes and parks under a tree. She literally does. And she's there with no water, no electricity, not a soul in sight. Then she just sets up under the tree and children begin to come. They just begin to find this caravan and they're fascinated and they sit there and they, she starts to teach them. Then because obviously she can go down to the, the town, she starts to buy them food and medicine from the money that she has, her own life savings. She starts to minister to these children and bathe them and, and educate them and feed them and give them medicine. 15 years later, Irene now has an organisation called the Cinderella Children. She's in Kitkum, Africa. She has not left. She has 300 Ugandan staff that work for her and she ministers to 6,000 orphaned children from the effects of war. She calls them Cinderella children because she's literally taken them from the ashes of war. Here is an ordinary middle-class woman who you would look at and just pass her by It's not like you look at her and think, wow, there's a dynamo. She's just an ordinary grandma. Yet she took hold of what God said and said, I'm going to turn your adversity into hope for others. I want you to speak on the behalf... behalf of those who can't speak. I want you to begin to speak for those that have had their lives ripped off and broken. And you need to introduce them to me. You see, she could have sat in her brokenness. She could have sat in her rejection and gone, well, you know what? Life's not fair. But you see, God turns ordinary lives into extraordinary lives. But it doesn't come through some magic dust that gets thrown upon you. It comes from believing who you are in Christ, taking up the cross, taking up the call of God and saying, I will go. I'll do that. It's not left up to somebody else. And today, ladies, God has got an extraordinary life for you. It may not be going to Africa. It might not be doing something that, you know, is world global, but it's extraordinary in your world. You can change your family. You can change your circumstances if you get a hold of who the Holy Spirit is and the power that actually resides in you. I have met non-Christians that do more than some of our Christians. What is that? It's a determined spirit. But you marry that with the power of the Holy Spirit and you get an extraordinary life. So I want us today, if that is you, if you want your life to go from ordinary to extraordinary, I want you to stand to your feet. You're taking up the cross today. You're saying, today is the day where my life no longer speaks of dull, boring, and ordinary, but I'm going to take up what the Holy Spirit deposits in my heart, and whatever that may be, I just see women in our church doing uh, morning teas for ladies, and that she's... They're, the one lady, she's changing lives with all the ladies from her gym. She gets them over. She's a wealthy lady. I'm talking mega, mega rich, right? So you go to her house and she sets up this tea party for all non-Christian ladies. She's ministering the love of God and she's seeing them saved. That's extraordinary. You see, it doesn't take, you go, but I don't have money. I don't have resources. I don't have education. Do what's in your hand. What has the Holy Spirit given you to do? You see, I just have a passion for life and a passion for Jesus. So you know what I do? I just tell everybody about Jesus. So my life's become extraordinary because I just can't shut up about Jesus. I can't help but tell people how good He is. So whatever it is right now, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you. But I want you to know when you ask of this, Get ready, he'll do it. But do not say to the Lord, I will do something and not then go through with it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And what's going to ignite from this moment on when you ask God, he's going to start to deposit things. As you spend time with him, as you pray with him, he's going to go, I want you to do this. And it starts off small. See, Irene only ever started with five children around a tree. Became 6,000. Planet Shakers Church just started off with, Why don't we take 14 people to Melbourne and see what happens? And now we have two campuses, 5,000 in our main campus, 600 in our Geelong campus. Next year, we're opening a church in Cape Town, South Africa. What is that? That is someone who just took up the call and said, you've called me to be extraordinary. Pastor Russell Evans is just a pretty ordinary guy, if you know him. But he's extraordinary with the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's close our eyes, raise our hands. And commit ourselves to the Holy Spirit once again and say, Holy Spirit, come on, Holy Spirit, make me extraordinary. I take up the call to understand who I am and who you've created me to be. I pray that I would have the boldness to take hold of everything that you have for me. And to do and to say what you would have me to do and say. Empower me, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to hear great testimonies in the months and the years to come of how great you guys begin your life. So God bless you. Thank you for having me. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.